Welcome to the Wisdom of the Womb podcast, your home for mind, body, and soul wellness for women. My name is Stephanie Adler. I'm a certified nutrition consultant, birth doula, and women's hormone and fertility expert. I've supported hundreds of women in having healthy cycles, healthy babies, and building a balanced foundation in their bodies and minds to set them up for a limitless life. Now it's your turn. I believe a woman reaches her full potential when she trusts the innate wisdom of her body and that those women change the world. So if you're wanting to achieve hormone harmony, have boundless energy, optimize your fertility, live a holistically healthy life, and learn how to love and trust your body to become the well woman you know you are meant to be, you're in the right place. Join me for weekly wisdom on topics such as holistic hormone and gut health, fertility, mindfulness, birth, pregnancy, and beyond, and leave with actionable steps towards well womanhood. Thanks for pressing play today. I'm so excited for the magic we're going to create together. Let's dive in. Hi, my loves. Today on the pod, we are telling two stories of redemption, two stories that I know will inspire anyone who's either experienced pregnancy loss or is getting ready to conceive. We'll be doing these in a part story format and part case study style, and I'm so excited to give you a behind the scenes look at how I approach conception, not only, but especially after loss inside my coaching containers. Both of these mamas that I'm going to be featuring today are alumni of the Well Woman Collective, which is currently open for enrollment. So at the time of this recording, we already have such a great group of women signed up for this cohort. And this is going to be the only program I support during my maternity leave and the only way to work with me until fall of 2023. So if this story resonates with you, please check out the show notes and sign up for the Well Woman Collective. If you're looking to optimize your cycle, your hormones, your digestion, your health, your relationship with food, your relationship with self, and overall start thriving in the modern world outside of even just your fertility, which obviously that too, this is the home for you. We always have a diverse community of women in different phases and stages of life, which makes this program even more healing already in this cohort. We have mamas, mamas to be, and women who have chosen not to have kids and how they will each be showing up to support each other and learn to live a holistic lifestyle that supports their individual and unique goals is just so so magic. It is the red tent. If you ever read that book in virtual form, it is medicine for the soul in terms of healing and holistic health and just being in sisterhood while you make these lifestyle changes is so powerful and supportive. And I, yeah, so I'd love to have you in the collective. If you feel called, feel free to book a clarity call with me. The link is in the program page. If you're feeling like you need more help to figure out if it is a perfect fit for you. Now on today's episode, we're going to use the case studies of how I helped two women G and J on their fertility journeys. Both of these women have since birthed their babies that we're talking about today, and they are healthy and happy and the light of their mama's lives. Before we jump into their individual stories, I do need to remind you that this is not medical advice. 
the guidance I was giving these women was while they were working with me. And, um, while this information is intended to be informative and educational for you, it is not specific for you at this time. So please, you know, get medical support from your care practitioners. So I want to start with Jay's story. And when Jay and I connected, she recently had her second miscarriage after trying for baby number two for a year. The first pregnancy she lost at four and a half weeks and the second at eight and a half weeks to get pregnant with her first son. She did IVF and was never able to get pregnant before going to IVF with her first son. And right before she and I connected, she also went to see her fertility doctor. And he told her that her chances of getting pregnant and staying pregnant were slim to none without utilizing IVF, especially since so few of her previous embryos and when she had done IVF with her first son had been of high quality before he thought that she needed the IVF process to select the right embryos and prime her body to get pregnant. And, you know, after hearing all of that, and also she had heard through a friend that my favorite pastime is helping women get pregnant. And that I also love a good prove your doctor wrong moment. (laughs) She decided to join the well woman collective in hopes of improving her fertility outcomes. Now, One quick note I want to make about Jay's journey to joining WWC, which is the Well Woman Collective, is she actually initially canceled the call we had set up to make sure it was a perfect fit when she learned what the investment was. She got freaked out as she'd never done anything like this, and there were no guarantees it would work, and she panicked. I told her I totally understand. It's a big decision and that I would be here if she ever wanted my support. A day later, she came back and decided she wanted to do the call and then jumped into the program and never looked back. In the end, it actually ended up saving her tens of thousands of dollars and dozens and dozens of hours spent in and out of doctor's appointments and also the emotional challenge that comes with doing IVF cycles. So I just wanted to share this because I think it's important and easy for us to hear, you know, like, oh, this person did it. But like the process of joining a program, the process of putting, you know, your responsibility, the responsibility of your health in your own hands and trusting yourself to show up for the program and trusting me to guide you is a big, is a big decision for a lot of people. And so I wanted to illuminate both with Jay and with G's story later, like what some of their hesitations were and how they overcame them and then what the results of the program were for them. And so wanted to illuminate that if that is calling to any of you. So anyways, let's go back to the story. She joins the Well Woman Collective and I immediately make some recommendations based on the info she shared in her intake. She was taking standard supplements, but most of them were in the wrong form. For example, her prenatal was full of folic acid and you might be listening. Well, like, okay, but I thought everyone is supposed to take folic acid. Well, actually everyone should be using folate, but especially anyone who's had issues with pregnancy loss since the methylized methylated form 
Methylfolate is really important for people who have a gene mutation called MTHFR, which makes it hard to, for the body to utilize the synthetic form of folate, which is folic acid. So folic acid is actually the synthetic form of the vitamin folate. And since most of us don't go and do, you know, gene testing, it is estimated that approximately 50 or 60% of the population has this gene mutation MTHFR, which makes it really important for the majority of people to utilize the most absorbable, usable form of the, of that vitamin folate instead of folic acid to use folate or methylfolate. Also this prenatal that she was taking was full of additives like inflammatory seed oils inside the supplement. It's more common than you think, especially if you are getting supplements from Costco or Kroger or wherever you shop. And it was not helping her body in the way that she was intending. Pretty much was just throwing money down the drain. It also had really not quality forms of the essential fatty acids that reduce inflammation even before we use them to boost baby's brain health. So I love using omega threes during pregnancy to boost baby's brain health. If you've seen on Instagram recently, I've been sharing some pictures of me eating fish roe uh, with avocado in the morning or with my eggs because it's the most available form of those omega threes that's going to hopefully give my baby a very bright brain. Um, but even before we're focused on brain development and brain health, which is super important. We do a lot of that in the third trimester. Also it's valuable in the first trimester. It is really helpful for helping our body reduce inflammation before baby's even there, but the forms, and it was in her prenatal, but the forms of it were really low quality. Beyond that prenatal, she was taking a couple other supplements that weren't strategically helping her situation. They kind of just felt a little bit random. So she was also eating what many people would define as a pretty, I'm going to do little air quotes here, pretty healthy diet, but wasn't supporting the egg quality or optimal body environment for baby that her body needed for pregnancy to thrive. So I want to give you an example of her, of a day in her food journal so that you can see, you know, like, do I define that as a quote unquote healthy diet? Is this similar to the way I eat? What am I noticing here? So I want you to do a little exercise for me as I'm going through this, like see what you become aware of, right? If this was just, this was just like one random day in her food diary. So 7.45 AM, half a veggie breakfast burrito and a carb balance flour tortilla with eggs, Parmesan, peppers, black beans, a half calf organic fair trade coffee with whole grass-fed organic milk and a stevia vanilla cream drop at 11.45. So that's four hours later, an egg salad from the deli with classic Terra vegetable chips a few bites of my son's matzo ball soup at 3 PM. So approximately three hours later, few, a few slices of cheddar cheese. And then at five 30, went out to dinner, had steak frites with chimichurri and some ketchup, a wonton wrapped lamb appetizer, a goat cheese brulee with pineapple and whole wheat, whole wheat bread, and a few bites of roasted coconut gelato. Now, what, just take a moment. What did you notice about that food journal? What came up for you to most people based on the food pyramid that we were maybe taught in school or the, my plate, which is the, uh, FDA's, you know, recommendation now USDA recommendation. Um, so based on the food pyramid and even based on what most magazines, you know, women's health cosmopolitan would have you believe this is a relatively healthy balanced day. 
There's no fast food. There's three meals, one snack, not a whole lot of sweets. And this is probably also in line in terms of the amount of protein that I see a lot of women getting daily before they work with me. And a lot of women that thinks that this is enough protein, right? We had eggs in the morning, egg salad at lunch, some cheddar cheese for a snack. And then we had some steak at dinner with, you know, maybe a few other pieces of protein in with the cheese and the lamb appetizer. She's not a vegetarian. She's getting some red meat. All signs should be quote unquote good to the average person. The average book that tells you how to eat when you're in pregnancy, even probably to a fertility doctor, if she showed this to her fertility doctor, he'd probably be like, that looks great. You know, she's doing organic coffee, organic grass-fed milk, making a point to do the veggie chips, et cetera. But when I look at this food diary from a fertility perspective, from a holistic health perspective, I see so many missed opportunities and I see missed signals that her body isn't loving what she's eating. So when I look at a food journal and at someone's lifestyle from a fertility perspective, especially after this person has experienced pregnancy loss, I am going to be looking for a few different things. The first thing I'm going to be looking at is hormone health, mostly looking at adequate progesterone. There is an epidemic of low progesterone in the Western world. This is due to our modern lifestyle and progesterone is the pro gestation hormone. And so obviously it is very critical for fertility, especially in that first trimester when the majority of pregnancy loss occurs. So I'm always looking for signs that there may not be enough progesterone, especially if someone has experienced pregnancy loss before. And in this circumstance, I'm able to look at, you know, a food journal at lifestyle habits and see, are there potentially blocks to her producing enough progesterone? The second thing that I look at when I'm looking at a food journal, a lifestyle contextual, you know, clues for fertility, especially after loss is egg and sperm quality. So embryos that are not normal often don't come to term and that that's because the body is smart like that. Right. And so, you know, if, if there are going to be oftentimes like severe disabilities or if something is wrong with the development of an embryo, it oftentimes will not continue to grow. And so that was when we could experience pregnancy loss. And so we're always looking to see signs of how the body might be under oxidative stress and how it, that oxidative stress might be impacting the quality of an embryo. And this can be from either parent, especially if this couple has experienced loss. And the third thing that I look for is the body environment. Are there reasons why the body isn't set up to support this pregnancy? Maybe adrenal burnout, nutrient deficiency for a variety of different reasons and inflammation, which is one that I typically will frequently see. And so now, and just to speak to those three points, so the hormone health, egg and sperm quality, and the body environment, some of this will vary in the order that I look at it, or if I'm looking in some areas more than others, based on age context, I get from a client about their lifestyle. For example, are they recently postpartum? Are they healing from a chronic illness? What other symptoms do I see in this person's body? And both of the stories below, 
the women, you know, the contacts I have from the women really helped me identify which directions to lean into, which is why I'm trying to share a little bit of the background as well here. So back to Jay's case study. So in her first few weeks inside the Well Woman Collective, through the education she received, through the workshops and the modules, Jay realized she needed to make some strategic shifts in her diet. Then she also got some personalized recommendations from me and we took it even further. Everyone inside the Well Woman Collective gets these personalized recommendations from me. You fill out an intake form that gives me a lot of really great information on what you're dealing with, what your goals are, how you currently eat, et cetera. And then on the live calls, there's really space for you to ask me questions or for me to give you solicited because you signed up for the program advice. (laughs) Um, And so with Jay's story, we identified some foods that were not serving her. And these foods for her, not necessarily for everyone, were gluten, dairy, sugar, soy, and certain oils. We took those out of her diet. And with the space that made from not having those in her diet really regularly, it really boosted her nutrient density foods. We were able to bring in those nutrient density foods with some of the space we created, brought in a lot of antioxidants and foods that were going to reduce inflammation in her body and boost her egg quality. We also focused on how she was eating to make sure that she was absorbing the nutrients that she was now eating more of and focused on her blood sugar stability, which was really important for her. And then we also brought her macros as close as possible that we could to the optimal fertility macros. So the optimal fertility macros are 25% of your calories coming from carbohydrates, 45% of your calories coming from fat and 30% coming from protein, which is way more protein than you probably think you are needing on a day-to-day basis. Then we brought in some supplements to move some things along faster and really support her body by reducing inflammation, creating really strong and healthy eggs helping her sleep better. That was a big part of our work together and decreasing her anxiety and then making her womb a really welcoming space. Also, by the way, speaking to the supplements, it was only six supplements, so nothing crazy. Um, And one of them was a replacement for the prenatal she was already taking. And just a note, like having access to professional grade quality supplements is so important and ensures that you're not just wasting your money. And so I've put a link to my supplement pharmacy in the show notes. If you do want access to professional grade supplements without even working with me, you can sign up for that there. My clients do get discounts on those supplements for life. Also, they get customized supplement recommendations, which is a great perk of working with me as it's so hard, pretty much impossible to get all of our nutrients from food these days. Um, So back to Jay, we also really dove into the mindset elements of setting herself to believe that she and her body could do this. We did this through affirmations, other mindset practices, and we also just held space on the calls for her to be able to share why this was hard for her and just give her space to work this out in a community of women that was really supportive. Less than six weeks into this program, she had lost 10 pounds and was feeling way more energy and overall was enjoying this new diet and lifestyle. Within a few months, she was pregnant again. I remember getting a message about it on Instagram while I was on my honeymoon. And she was, you know, understandably cautiously optimistic after having, you know, two miscarriages, but really did feel something was different this time. She could feel her body feeling better than it had in a really long time, even though she wouldn't have been able to identify how it was feeling quote unquote bad before she just knew it was different. 
I want to speak to this because I know that for so many women, sometimes we are just so accustomed to our normal that we don't even realize how bad we feel until we feel better until we have something to compare it to. And this was the case for her. She also knew how to tweak her suggestions to support this baby. I have lots of little things like I like my clients to do two tablespoons of ground flaxseed a day after they get pregnant to promote a healthy full-term pregnancy. Um, we talked about how to get more protein, even if she's feeling nauseous to really support that growing embryo. We really spoke to all of these things. And it's important to name that so much of what baby utilizes in the first trimester is actually based on the reserves that you build in the pre-master, which is the three months leading into conception. So, you know, by focusing a lot on that pre-master on those months ahead of time, going into this conception, it really made the biggest difference. And Jay just last week gave birth to this beautiful, healthy baby boy. She didn't need IVF to get there, despite what her doctors had told her. And while sometimes IVF is so helpful and necessary, and I'm so glad that we have it and we can utilize it in cases where it's really needed, I do think we should remember that it's a business just like any other and a really lucrative one at that. And unfortunately, instead of encouraging women to tune in and see and listen to what their body needs to thrive in order to carry a pregnancy, the MO of so much of today's world is to automatically outsource it and go for the quick fix. Even if it's not that quick, I mean, IVF can take months and it's so hard emotionally. Um, but it was so inspiring to see Jay take the sovereignty back over her body and conceive and can carry and then birth her baby by becoming the expert of her own body. And that is super possible for you too. So next, I want to talk about another woman, but first let's just send a little bit of love to Jay's baby. <laughs> And actually also his initial is J. So J's baby J. Um, and let's just send them a little bit of love and healthy postpartum healing vibes. Next, I want to talk about G. And G joined the Well Woman Collective a few months after having a miscarriage. It was her first pregnancy. And she and her husband were so excited. They went and did an ultrasound at six weeks was told that everything looks good, heard the heartbeat, went on their merry way. A few weeks later, she started bleeding and lost the baby. And it was really heartbreaking since they had been told after hearing the heartbeat that the pregnancy was viable and that the chances of this happening were really low. She didn't know why it happened. No one had any answers for her. And that was really hard. What she did know though, was that before getting pregnant again, she wanted to make sure her body and her mind were in the best possible place insert the well woman collective. And now G is slash was, she hasn't gotten less busy since then, but she was a very busy woman at the time when she joined the well woman collective. She was working full-time at a very demanding job, also going to grad school and then throw in a house renovation project that ended up taking way longer than it was supposed to. And had her and her husband needing to stay with family for several weeks. So yeah, there was a lot going on. And she was nervous about that when joining the collective. Would she be able to make it work with everything she had going on? Would she be able to make the calls, find time to watch the workshops? And so before she signed up, she sent me a message about this. And we chatted over Instagram about these concerns. And I assured her that the program was designed to fit into your life and your lifestyle. 
the calls are recorded. So if you, you know, and you can submit questions ahead of time. So if she had a last minute meeting come up, she could still get the individual support she needed and never be left with lingering questions. We talked about the ways that she could take in the pre-recorded content while she was exercising or cooking or doing laundry and how the downloadable resources were designed to make these changes she would be making easier to digest pun intended, (laughs) and implement, because I'm all for systems that make for making these shifts sustainable. I understand that we're busy. We're busy humans. That's part of the the problem in a lot of ways, right? So this is not about how to make you busier. It's about how to help you manage your life and your health better, smarter. So she decided to go for it. And wow, was she so happy that she did even just a month in, she found that with all the increased energy she was having, she was actually able to be more productive. And with all the stress management tools, she was learning inside the collective. She felt better prepared to manage everything that was going on in her life. And that most of the changes she was making were lateral shifts, meaning they didn't require that much more effort from her. And this was really intentional, by the way, you know, when I'm giving someone a recommendation on a coaching call, I'm not giving them a generic recommendation. I'm thinking about, does this person have kids? What is this person's work schedule? Like, what does this person need to prioritize in order to get well? Not just like, well, why don't you do X, Y, and Z? We're really basing these recommendations based on your lifestyle. So after a first analysis of G's lifestyle and diet, I saw some, you know, I saw a few fertility red flags. And I identified some areas for her to improve her fertility going into another pregnancy, hopefully in the next few months. The first thing I looked at was her caffeine consumption. She and her hubby considered themselves coffee people and usually started their day that way. And then there was often another in the late morning and sometimes more coffee or a caffeine drink in the form of maybe black tea or even a diet soda later in the day. Did you know? that either mom or dad, either person in a partnership, having two caffeinated drinks a day before conception. So in the time leading up to conception increases the chance of miscarriage by 74%. Studies, I linked the study to this in the show notes and that is just so significant. And the fact that it relates to dad's Like that if the father of the embryo has two cups of coffee a day or two caffeinated drinks a day is approximately equal. It's actually 74% for women, 73% for men, but very similar. It's really telling to the way it impacts the quality of the sperm and the egg. And also one drink is defined as an eight ounce, you know, cup of coffee, which is relatively small compared to what your average thermos holds or what is in a double shot latte, for example. So when we, so we really spoke specifically for G about reducing caffeine and provided some of those lateral shifts like dandy blend lattes or using cacao turmeric lattes, not only to reduce the caffeine, but also to reduce the inflammation as well. Additionally, another thing I noticed was she and her husband did a lot of takeout and a lot of dining out. And this poses a problem in a few ways. The first one being oils. We should assume that almost every time, if not every time we eat out, we are exposed to vegetable oils that increase inflammation. They are everywhere in restaurants. So if half or more of your weekly meals are out of the house, you should assume that half of your meals are just doused in these seed oils 
that's a, ma- that's a major issue when we're dealing with inflammation and trying to have an environment that helps the body thrive for pregnancy. It's also an issue to eat out that frequently from a quality perspective, because when we're focused on fertility, we really want nutrient density. And most restaurants are not using organic produce, which has more nutrients. They're not using grass-fed meat. So you're getting less nutrients than what you would be getting at home if you were in control of the quality of the ingredients. You're also more likely to be exposed to heavy metals like aluminum in their cookware. And additionally, you have very little control over serving sizes. So, you know, if you order a curry from a Thai restaurant, they may give you a lot of rice and a lot of veggies in your curry, but only a few pieces of meat. And with the fertility macros being so, you know, so critical for optimal body environment and egg quality, we want to be able to have more control over that. We want to be able to increase the amount of protein and reduce the amount of carbohydrates or increase the amount of healthy fats. So getting her cooking more was really going to be a game changer. And it was something we really focused on by making sure that she had easy to make recipes, great meal prep strategies, and just really supported her in making that a priority for her family. She was also only taking, the only supplement she was taking was a standard prenatal. So we added in some strategic support there to make sure her body and eggs were as well supported as they could be. This also included a comprehensive prenatal vitamin for her husband as well. And yes, your husband should be taking a prenatal vitamin in the few months leading up to when you are going to start your conception journey. We also looked at a few other things, blood sugar, stress, progesterone levels. That was a big one for her to make sure that she went into getting pregnant again. When she went into getting pregnant again, she could feel really confident about it this time. Like I said, her energy improved right away. Within a few weeks, it had skyrocketed. Her digestion was feeling better. Everything was feeling more in flow. And when she and her husband felt they were ready, they conceived again you know, within a month or two. And based on her circumstances, we actually had her using bioidentical progesterone in her luteal phases. And then on the cycle that she was pregnant through the beginning of pregnancy. And at her first trip to the doctor, she got some blood work done and her doctor was so happy to see her test results. She told her that her test results looked so much better than last time, like significantly better. It also ended up staying this way throughout her entire pregnancy. One thing I just uh, don't even get me started on the fact that she didn't even know from her doctor, at least that her levels could have improved last time. And this is super commonplace. I hear this from clients all the time. The doc says my levels, you know, look better than last time, but Last time, they didn't even tell me that they looked bad. They just said they looked normal. How unfortunate is that? And we also have to remember that normal isn't optimal. And that range of normal on a standard blood test at the doctor's office is so large. It's really taking what 80 or 90% of the people who take this test, test within that range. I don't know if you look around, but 80 to 90% of the people walking around are not particularly the picture of optimal health. And when one in six couples is struggling to get pregnant, nor are they the, you know, are that 90% of the people walking around the case of optimal fertility. Um, And so like some doctors don't even know what optimal is. They're just really operating within these range of normals. But even with the doctors like this one who can identify 
Hey, this is better. This is better. This is more optimal. Most of them don't have the time or the tools to help you get to better or help you get to optimal. So as long as you're not outside the range of normal, they're not going to flag it because unfortunately they don't have the 40 minutes to sit with you and look at your diet. And even if they did, they don't really know maybe what you should be shifting in your diet to have better levels. Um, so one thing I just really want you to take away from this is that you do need to take responsibility for your own health. If you are operating in a Western medical system and for blood work, if it's a marker, this is just a quick little tip again, not medical advice, but a quick tip for you in blood work. If it's a marker of health, so take progesterone in pregnancy, for example, that is something we want to see in abundance. You want to be in the upper third of the normal limit. If it's a marker of dis-ease, for example, C-reactive protein, which is a marker of inflammation, you want to be in the lower third of the normal limit. It's, uh, you know, I had a client who recently showed me blood work that she had gotten done and she was one number when it came to her glucose levels, she was one number underneath the cutoff for prediabetes up to 99 is where it's normal. And at a hundred it's pre-diabetic. It wasn't flagged, you know, it didn't come up and showing up as red so that it was out of normal and her doctor didn't bring it up at all. Luckily I was able to show her that. And I had already had suspicions about her blood sugar health for, you know, different reasons. So we were starting to incorporate healthy blood sugar practices anyways, which will go so far on her journey because this client also desires to get pregnant and is now not just going to be like a sitting duck for gestational diabetes when she does. But I just, I'm offering this story to tell you that like, just because something is normal, doesn't mean that it's not telling us, Hey, here's something that can be improved. And when it comes to fertility and pregnancy and pregnancy loss, sometimes there there is a lot of nuance here. And so I just think it's important to say, anyways, I digress. The point is that G's levels looked so much better this time around. She had a very healthy pregnancy and gave birth to a healthy baby boy right before the new year. And, you know, these stories are so inspiring and they remind me of how smart and how resilient women's bodies are and how, when we work in harmony with our body, how much magic can happen. If you're on a fertility journey or just know that you are getting ready to bring another member of your family earthside in the coming year and want to do it in a supported way to better ensure a healthy pregnancy, a healthy mom and a healthy baby. If you have experienced loss with pregnancy before, or if you have not, I would love to have you inside the collective at the time of this recording. Like I said, we have such a beautiful cohort of women already signed up women from all walks of life who are going to be supporting each other and learning how to optimize their health. And remember your fertility is just a marker of your health. And so if you're listening to this on the week that it comes out, if you're listening to this, the last week of February, there is a special code to save $200 on the sign up for the well woman collective. The code is become well all one word. It'll be in the show notes as well and sign up 
you know, in the, the link is in the show notes to join us inside the collective. And if you also are on Instagram, you could find the link to sign up in my bio on Instagram, please feel free to send me a message on Instagram with any questions. And if you really need support on figuring out if this is the right program for you, if this is the right community for you, there is a link to book a clarity call with me on the program page in love, in health, in magic bodies, sending you all so much, so much joy and wisdom on your journeys, whatever that journey looks like. Thank you for being here with me today. Thank you for learning about G and J's story. Let's send their babies so much love. Let's send their wombs so much love. And I will see you here next week with some more wisdom from the womb. Thank you.